This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Pride of West London B-Sotted podcast. We're back. Um, we're back and mildly refreshed after a, a, a bit of a... Well, it's been an eventful um, summer. It's been a bit of a World Cup summer. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, we, we're rested. I think, I think there's some energy around the table. Uh, there's certainly some beer. Uh, we've, missed, we've missed all this, haven't we? You know, it's, it's been... How many weeks? It's been... Must be eight or nine weeks since we we did a podcast. So we're going to try and get back into the flow tonight. There's loads to talk about, um, and we've got we've got a couple we've got a couple of the usual characters, and uh, we've got a newbie, Sarah, Sarah Lowenthal. She, she's she's a regular regular contributor on on Besotted on the Twitter feed, but it's the first time you've been on the podcast, isn't it, Sarah? So well welcome. We'll, we'll 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 go around the table now. So so. Matt the Allard Allard, welcome once back, once more, back for a new season. What have you been up to during the summer, mate? Um, so, yeah, the World Cup I, I really enjoyed. Um, I, I suppose a bit unusually, um, mainly because England did really well. Um, and it was a good World Cup, wasn't it? Lots of good football, stuff like that. Um, and, um, and just sort of more on a personal level, I had my annual sojourn to West Virginia, which is always interesting, always quite an interesting trip, and a bit of latitude action at the Latitude Festival. So yeah, a few bits and pieces. It's actually it's a because of the World Cup it becomes a very short summer, and I know everyone's kicking and screaming, can't wait for the fourth of August, but it is a bit too soon, really, isn't it? It could be we could do another couple of weeks, don't you think? Yeah, a couple of weeks, couple couple more weeks would be really good, I think. Yeah, the the the, the preseason seems to have kind of. Bypass me particularly, but you know someone it, it hasn't bypassed is Sarah. You you've seen a couple of the friendlies already. I've been to one. I went to the Wickham game and it was all right. Yeah, it was quite a nice. It was nice to see Brentford colours again, see the boys out again, and uh, all right. It was wasn't the greatest game in the world, but we won one nil and that was worth seeing. I haven't been to any others, but I've followed the um, Shrewsbury game on iFollow, and it sounded all right. So yeah. And in general, how have you survived the the non beesness of the summer months? <laughs> With great difficulty, but no, well, the World Cup covered it, so yeah, it was great. I was in front of the TV every day watching the matches, 
Um, and it was lucky because I haven't had much work this, this summer, so I've been able to do that and it's been really good. Went down to Brighton to watch England v Sweden, which was good, watched that on the beach there. And um, been watching matches at, mostly at home, but a couple of pubs, go out to friends, that kind of thing. It's been great. All, all good, all good. Dutchman, welcome back for another season, mate. Um, how's, how's the summer been so far for you? Summer's been good. Thank you, David. Good to be back. Um, I'm with the Allard on this one. Completely the season's coming about a month too soon for me, I think. Um, still got a holiday to fit in between now and what will be my first game of the season. Uh, I've got zero interest in pre-season friendlies, I'm afraid to say. That's a sort of long-held habit. Um, but yes, yeah, summer's been good. Uh, World Cup was, was very enjoyable. En- enjoyed that. Um, uh, music as well, same uh, few few days at various festivals. Isla White was a standout. That was a good three or four days over there. And other than that, usual stuff, house, renovations, work, sunbathing. I went to Isle of Wight as well. Mine was a funeral. Uh, the festival was a bit livelier than that. Yeah, it wasn't a bad funeral. It wasn't a bad funeral. Oh, the Allard. We should, we should also say that um, thanks to the Blue Shift for having us again. Um, oh, yeah. Did you say that at the beginning? I can't remember. No, no, no. but, but they, have, they have put us in. They put us in the World Cup TV storage room uh, this time. We've got three, three TVs in it. I think um, obviously all bought in for the World Cup and, um, and nowhere to put them yet it's like a youth offender's cell in there isn't it <laughs> 58 inch plasma <laughs> so just alienated half of our audience don't <laughs> so uh, no yeah no sorry yeah manners hashtag manners yes welcome welcome the, the, the welcome at the Belusha is always a warm one um, just like the weather we are we are dripping in here tonight it's, uh, it's, it's great we've got um, a couple of pints of uh, unfiltered pride which is nice and cold um, so we're 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 trying. We're gonna we're gonna ease ourselves back into this into this. Po- we're, we're this is a late pre-season, early. W- where are we in in the in the whole pre and um, postness of this season? The late end of season podcast. Yeah. The pre-Christmas podcast. Yes, it is the pre-Christmas podcast. So yeah. What we'll do after this little twang, we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about um, we'll talk about a few of the ins and outs because there's been there's been some activity. You know, we obviously Dalsgaard stole quite a lot of the headlines about you know what what Brentford players were up to during the during the close season. He had a he had a really high profile World Cup, so we'll come back and we will just talk a little bit more about the signings and the rumours around some of the players that might be coming in, some of the players that still might be going, um, and all, all that what what's likely to happen between now and the transfer deadline. So it doesn't seem right to talk about the World Cup without Mr. Billy Grant here. To be honest with you, he's um, he had probably more airtime minutes, TV minutes, radio minutes than uh, Gareth Southgate during during the World Cup. So we'll probably talk about the journey um, because none of us none of us went out to Russia apart from Bill. So we'll, we'll talk about that next week when when Bill's back. He's on he's on holiday down in Brighton at the moment. So yeah, it seems right. So we talk about all the uh, all the toings and goings and the the, the the sort of like the people that he met. What we can talk about with. Not great authority because some some of these names here we're going to talk about are just still on the rumours. Um, 
Brentford, it doesn't seem Brentford have finished doing their business because basically the 9th of August is the transfer deadline. There's a chance that we're still going to lose one or two of the players that we're hoping are going to be first team regulars. The same names keep cropping up. Ollie Watkins, Chris Meppham, Ryan Woods, Romain Sawyers. These, these, these names are kind of constantly talked about in the press constantly talked about in different blogs and on Twitter. So, you know, although they're still with us, um, there's, there's, a, there's every chance that we, we may see one or two of these players go. They, it, uh, what I will say is Brentford aren't trying to sell them, it wouldn't seem. I think if the, if the right price comes in, then, you know, there, there, may be, there may be some more departures. But I think that in terms of the squad... I think we are we're pretty we're pretty set apart from if someone comes in and plunders. So let's talk about some of the players that have gone. We know that Andreas Bielend he, he's he's gone to FC Copenhagen. Um, we knew he was out of contract at the end of the season. It's a shame that he missed the World Cup. Uh, he missed the squad announcement. It was a bit of hoo ha about that. We all felt a bit sorry for for Andreas because he had he did have a really good season for Brentford last year. Constantine Kirschbaumer, he was away on loan pretty much all of last season. Now that he's now his transfer has been made permanent, he's gone to FC Ingolstadt 04 in the second tier of the German league. We also know that um, Flojo um, he's gone to Derby, and uh, obviously Egan's gone to Sheffield United. The combined package for those two, depending on where you read and the kind of the rumours, both undisclosed, but we're looking at maybe six or seven million quid for for two players. Um, that's the outgoing so far. Dutch, what what do you what do you make of that? Are you are you are you kind of um, encouraged by the transfer dealings, or are you worried? I think it all depends, obviously, on where it ends up by the ninth and who else we lose. I mean, if if that was the the extent of the players that we lost, I think we'd all kind of celebrate quite wildly because we've, you know, with all due respect to both of those players who you know, did their best for for the bees, and particularly you know Josephson who had a good season last year. I thought you would probably sacrifice those two if it meant keeping some of the other names that you mentioned. It's interesting to say you know right price. I'm not even sure we're asking for a right price anymore. I think we're asking for right price plus on top, and I think that's the really exciting thing. You know, I think we are we are pretty much saying that if you want to pay silly money. Then pay silly money, and you know I think it's more than what a player's worth. I think we're asking for what we think they're worth plus a bit on top. You know we don't want to sell these players, and when you see people like Tom Ince going for ten million, I think if I remember that rightly, you know sort of a fairly proven player at a decent level, and what we're asking for some unproven players. You know, you're talking whether you believe the press, 14, 15 million for Watkins, Mepham, those sort of prices. You know that's the encouraging bit that we're not going to give them away. Um, that being said, you don't want to lose too many, so it's kind of batten down the hatches, hopefully, and see where we get to by the night. But we've done our transfer business early, we've done our incomings early, um, as we seem to like to do, which I like. And I guess it's just keep your heads down and see what happens. Yeah, the, the tin hats are going to be on between now and the 9th of August. You know, we're, we're the nature of our club. We're we're long in the tooth enough. We've seen it. Um, season in, season out, where you know our, our prize assets are kind of um, you know wanted elsewhere, and you know the wages and the, the transfer fees that some can afford to pay, um, it, it, it means that departures are almost inevitable. Sarah, um, are you are you are you expecting more outgoings? Are you are you, are you 
worried. You know, Woodsy, you know, you saw him play last week. It, 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 did he? Did he? Did he look like a player that was going to be, be playing for Brentford, or is that is it impossible to tell? Play against Wickham. Um, no, he didn't. He, he watched the game against Wickham, but he, according to people who were at Shrewsbury, said he looked like he was wasn't saying goodbye. But we did see him at the end of the Wickham game as we were leaving. He drove past us and recognised us because I was with a couple of mates who kind of know his parents quite well. And he sort of, you know, he just nodded and said, see you in a couple of weeks. And he said, definitely. So, I mean, he's not going to say, no, I'm leaving, obviously. But, you know, he seemed like he was serious. Which is only time will tell, I suppose. I suppose that that, that would be the one worry, because if, if that Sky thing that Brentford has said they won't be selling uh, Mepham and Watkins, if that's true, then the one that everyone's worried about is Woods. And I suppose... We all are, but I, I would hope that maybe with a baby on the way due in September, he might not want to move in the middle of all that. It's just my personal feeling. It could be completely wrong, but that's what I was thinking. So yeah, you know. it's always it's always a threat, and that you know we're yeah. we're we are we are kind of uh, we're sort of veterans of of this kind of people looking at our best players, the Allard. What, what's your what's your worst nightmare? But what you know, what what what's real? But also, what's realistic? I I, I suppose the, the the worst nightmare would be Birmingham coming in and buying <laughs> three players just before um, the end of a of a transfer window, um, and you know three quality players as well. Um, albeit that we will have you know opinions about them, but um, so 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 that's the worst nightmare, isn't it? Is that you know, when it's too late, because I think I think the point is is that we do our business early in terms of incomings. Um, I'm I'm not. I wonder if there might be one or two, one or two more. Um, seems to be a bit of talk about about players that we'll I'm sure we'll cover. Um, I so, so so that's the worst case scenario. I would hope that doesn't happen. But you know what? I don't think I thought it was going to happen last year because I just thought it'd rip the heart out of the club and. Um, and you know there was a we, we sort of went into panic mode. Um, I'd like to think I pretend I didn't, and I don't think I sort of gave across that I did. But ultimately, it was a it was you know it was a bit it was a bit scary and, and a bit and a bit weird. Um, so so it, it you know it could happen. You know uh, I, I I think you, I think you you say it's out of our hands, and the, the the reason it is out of our hands is to some extent is that we put a value on these players, and I firmly believe if someone meets those values. And then the players can agree personal terms; they will go, um, because that's the way we operate. We operate in this sort of um, uh, clinical way to some extent, where we, where we, you know, we, we we have this value. If it gets met, then the player can go. And and if you set the value very high, you hope the player doesn't go. But you, but you, but they could. Um, whether the value changes a bit, say Mepham goes, does Watkins' value go up to stop him going or not? I don't. I don't quite know what that algorithm is and whether there is one or not. But um, you know, I, I, I suspect we'll lose at least one more before the end of the transfer window. Let's let's talk about what we do know before we go on to the rumours, because everyone obviously loves the rumours. You know, every, everyone loves a bit of gossip, and you know that, that's the the nature of Twitter, the nature of uh, this twenty four hour rolling Sky Sports news. Sky Sports Sky sources say that Brentford are in blah blah blah. So, Said Benarama. We bought him from Nice. He's an Algerian international. 
Um, he had a season out on loan at Chanteroux last season. He's on a, he signed for a four-year deal with Brentford, plus an option of a further one year if we want to if we want to um, we want to trigger that. And the, the the talk is again three or four million euros for the player. So some some serious money. I know Nick and I, I have to agree wholeheartedly. This undisclosed fee is a bit weird. It's, um, it, it never really gives you a, a proper um, take on, on, on you know, what, what your club's spending. You, you shouldn't really have to wait until the accounts are issued the next year to work out what, what your, you know, whether it was a good, good deal or a bad deal. I can only assume that Brentford's policy of not being held to ransom and only paying what their valuation of a player is is, is, is continuing. So, you know... Unless they've literally thrown the, the the sort of like the the, the book out the window and they're they're paying ten million for players, that I I, de- I doubt that. So, if it is three or four million, that is that is quite a lot of money for Brentford's um, Brentford's level. Um, uh, Esri Konsa is a player that we we've brought in centre back from Charlton. Charlton Athletic are not very happy about this. They didn't want to lose the player. Um, several other clubs were apparently in for him, including Queen's Park Rangers. Brentford got the signature. Um, Mads Beck Sorensen and, um, and Marcus Force. We have to talk about those. They are now first team players. They, they've they've um, graduated from the B team. They're going to be included now as as part of our first team squad. Um, there's also talk of um, Bjorn Engels coming in from Olympiakos. Uh, this is on the rumour tip. Um, a player that Olympiakos signed for €7 million Euros from, from Belgium. Um, he, he's been linked with Chelsea, £30 million rumours. Chelsea, um, Dortmund, £12 million. Olympiakos got their man, but it seems Olympiakos now want to get rid of their man. Brentford, if they do get him then they've got a player with immense potential, someone who's got real pedigree. Um, so it's kind of watch this space. There's also rumours around um, Ilias Chatsi-Thioridis going to Panikonithos. Um, there's personal personal issues that are, are part of that deal, I think. We, we'll talk about... Well, We'll talk about that as and when we know because it's it's a bit fragile some of that so we don't want to we don't want to we don't want to sort of um don't want to we don't want to sort of fuck that up for him do we <laughs> to be honest with you so um but yeah so there's obviously don't talk about Watkins Mepham Woods and Sawyer's so lots of two ins and throw ins oh, 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 Moses Ozebadjo yeah. he, he's oh, back he's back yeah. at back at New the bees well, let's go back Allard talk talk me what what stood out about that lot and what do you think of Moses. Um, I think Moses is interesting. Um, it's um, you know I, I I don't know where it goes in terms of you know I don't think we've announced anything. We haven't announced a play-by-game contract or any sort of contract, have we? In a way, he kind of reminds me a bit of um, when we signed Yossesun because because he's been injured for a year or two. Um, he's a big risk. Um, could we take a punt on him? Maybe we will. Um, I'll wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have some sort of offer down already on the table and, um, and, and maybe you know he's still waiting around to see if something better comes in um, I, you know I, I don't know but, it, but, it, but it, in a way it feels like the Yossesun signing you know sign a player that, that has been injured and um, you might get some value out of him if you got him on a contract 
You get him on a contract, you could sell him on for three or four million in a again in a, in a couple of years' time again, you know, um, or in a year's time, you know. Um, so it's, like the, so, it's like the Andre Gay, Andre Gray, the gift that doesn't stop giving. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, and then with another um, add-on, um, <laughs> you know, with an add-on, and, and you know, uh, so so I think it's um, yeah, I think I, I think it's I, I think it's good we've invited him back. Um, if you go somewhere else, you go somewhere else. We haven't really lost anything, have we? You know, ultimately, apart from maybe giving a player ninety minutes here or there during the pre-season. It's, it's, it's an interesting one because um, obviously we know his pedigree. We know that he's you know he's, he's made an impact at the club before, um, and he obviously went for the money before to, to Hull. Uh, he's obviously come back, and he's we, we, we've helped get him fit. There's, there's got to be some. Do you think there's some sort of? Uh, Loyalty, some sort of manners there, or do you think it's literally, he's, you know? Well, and also, there's not, there's not like a, a queue of clubs coming in for him. It, it wouldn't seem either. So, if Brentford have to pay his wages, then surely that's a pretty good deal for both both parties. Yeah, I would think so. I, mean, I was disappointed when he when he left. I, I liked him. I thought he was good. It was a bit clinical when he left, wasn't it? It was a someone's triggered the the clause in my contract, yeah. and I'm going. You know, he didn't bad mouth as he went. Um, but I'm, I'm racking my brains, and I'm sure that the statos around the table. Not, not you, Dave. Probably Matt and Sarah um, will correct me if I'm wrong. But how many players have come back for a second spell and actually been good? You know, all the ones I'm thinking of, and I'm sure there's some I missed. I can't really think of anyone who's come back. They always say, "Don't go back." You know, who's come back for a second spell and actually lived up to it? Yotta, perhaps, because you've got to get at least one Yotta reference in. Yotta, perhaps, although he never actually went. Uh, more of a loan, but I can't think of too many that did. Yeah, Wilson wasn't that great. Booker wasn't He's, that yeah. great. Gale wasn't Dean, that Dean great. Holdsworth, if you count that very small, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 give, I'll give you that one. Yes. There you go. Yeah, 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 the point being, yeah, how many players often go back to a club and, and, and do well second time round? Brentford and any club, probably not that many. But that being said, he was good when he played for us. Have we progressed since then? Yes, as a club, probably. Would the competition be stiffer? Yes. He wouldn't be an automatic place like he was at the time. So I think the club has sensibly enough, as, as, as Matt says. I would imagine there's probably an offer down there. I doubt it's over the top. <laughs> I doubt it's you know, financially the best offer he's ever had in his life. But it's an offer, and I guess if, if it falls into that, then he'll be a good squad player to have, without a doubt. Sarah, of all those ins and outs, what's really kind of what, what's, what's really stood out to you? Um... I, I, I'm still buzzing over the fact in the two years running we've managed to get the services of, of two French league players just seemingly out of the blue. Obviously, we've tracked them. But I just... I, for somebody, you know, I mean, it, it's really difficult to describe. And I, do, I can't... I just think the idea of getting Ben Rama and Mopé last season. All right, he didn't hit the ground running, but, you know, they're both exciting prospects, I think. I've seen the videos of Ben Rahm, and I know those videos of of showreel things, they probably look better than they actually are, but he does look like a really useful player. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And Conser, I mean, he looked fantastic against Wickham. It wasn't much, all right, they've only just been promoted to League One, but he did look very good. Uh, he looked very confident on the ball. Um, and, you know, I just think... Uh, who was the other one? I've forgotten. Who, did, who was the other one we signed? Oh, Luca. Luca Ratchet. Luca Ratchet. yeah. Luca Ratchet looked pretty good. His B-team signing. He Raw, probably, you know, he's only 18. He's going to need a bit of, of, of training, obviously. But he looked pretty good. He's tall. 
Um, he seemed to be pretty good in the air along with Mads. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's an exciting time. I, I, I hesitate to. Somebody suggested on Twitter a couple of weeks ago about. I swear, people are going to start calling Ben Rama the new Riyad Mahrez. And I said, why can't he just be the first Saeed Ben Rama? But you can't help thinking of the comparison in that Leicester was still in the championship when they signed Mahrez. And he was from League Two in France as well. So although technically Ben Rama came from Nice, he was playing in League Two on loan. So it's a kind of similar situation. And you can't help sort of thinking, ooh, you know. So are you saying that we're going to win the Premier League in the next three years? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Well, I'm so, not saying we will, but so, but something else, something else you do know is that if if Bjorn Engels does arrive at Griffin yeah. Park, there's a song waiting, a for, song him. waiting for him. Do you want to um, do you want to recite yeah. this this yeah. song? Shall I? Yeah. Uh, it came up on Twitter today. It's very clever. It was a chap called Josh Phillips, um, who I follow, and someone else uh, added. He said. And through it all, he offers us protection, a lot of great interceptions, now that Egan's gone. And then Connor Cools comes in with, and down the back four, alongside Rico Henry, in front of Daniel Bentley, when he gets the ball, he won't forsake me. I'm loving Engels instead. <laughs> marvellous, marvellous. Well, all I can say is... To be honest, we, we should just we should spend this four just, million exactly, just based on that song. Just so we can um, that. You know, it, it, it's, it's, um, that's a, a brilliant piece of work by two people there. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed with that. Um, and it's a shame that he's not already, you know, got, got his um, signature on a bit of paper for yeah. us. Um, I, think, I think going back, I think the Konza, in a way, it's like Konza in, Egan out. And, and, and Surf said, you know, how confident he was on the ball. And... And, you know, that's all part of the methodology, isn't it? Is that Egan came in, he's got his attributes, but, but I think, if we're all honest, he's probably been the least comfortable on the ball of, of recent centre-backs we've seen at Brentford. Out goes Egan, in comes Conza. And I, and I think it just sort of, it just sort of, you know, says a lot about the way that, that we're really understanding the way Brentford plays, the way Brentford works, and signing the right players. And, you know, I don't, I don't think Egan's a, a, a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, but... But he doesn't quite fit into the into our, our system, um, so I think and I, and I think that sort of in and out proves that. Flojo leaving is that is that a, is that a disaster, mate? That's not a disaster, is it? But it's it's a shame. He, he was someone who underwhelmed me when he started. He, he looked like a guy I hadn't played for a long time with injuries. You know, he looked like he'd be a great player if he was faster, and he gradually got faster, got into it, and actually he was a game changer on several occasions last year with some you know some good goals, some good free kicks, and some you know some excellent plays. So. I wasn't expecting to see him go. Um, I wasn't sure whether he'd be a starter this year. He'd certainly be, a, but he'd certainly be a squad player. And you know, he's obviously got a good deal. I think we've got a, a good price for him. And generally, wish him all the best. We've also lost Bielend and Egan, two two cent two centre backs. Are, are we going to miss those two? I don't think we'll miss Egan. Bielend, you know, has split a lot of the fans, isn't he? I'm, I was always in the pro Bielend camp. I think he's a, a quality player. Um, you know, we 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 done him in really with his injury, and we didn't help him and. He took a while to win some of the fans over, but if you talk to the players around the club and you know and others involved, they'll tell you that he was crucial in the development of Mepham and how Mepham progressed. And you know, a lot of us think that Mepham and Bielan was the best partnership, you know, and you know, whatever Bielan lacked in terms of pace, um, he made up for in the way that he read the game and, and the way that he played the ball out. So I can see why he moved. I think he, he'll look back on his time with us as, as mixed uh, at best, you know, he didn't have the best of luck. Um, 
and the World Cup thing was probably the final straw really when he you know he missed out on the World Cup through injury and that clearly hit him if you read the stuff that he said about it you know he was expecting to go perhaps promised to go if you, if you believe his side of the story and I think that was the final straw he's obviously looking for somewhere he's a guaranteed player in there. but again good, good luck to the guy nothing but respect from me for him yeah no I, I completely agree with that Sarah um are we going to miss those two centre backs? You know, we, we've got, we've got. It would seem that we've brought two replacements in, but they're, they're they're fresh players coming in. We've we've got two players there that knew the system, knew the players around them. It, it, oh, oh, is, that, is that going to? Are we shot ourselves in the foot, or is that just you know? Will we will we survive? Well, I think with Bieland, there's not much we could have done because end of contract, he clearly wasn't going to sign a new one. Um, but his experience, as, as Dutch says, is just going to be missed, seriously missed. And he's a great player. I'm, I'm very much in the pro camp as well. As for Egan, I was a bit, he's a bit Marmite for me. Because they were, t- I mean, his goals, he scored some great goals, mostly headers. He's a really good, good uh, goal scorer, goal scoring centre back. But um, there were times when, you know, you just sort of see him get out of position and you're thinking, oh God, what's he doing? You know, and then other times he could play a really good game it's a bit like Harley Dean in that respect uh, but probably ten times better <laughs> but, um, now, um, now 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 <laughs> but uh, no there were times when I just wondered what he was doing and I, maybe he would suit a team like Sheffield United better than us um, so I don't think he's going to be a great loss but I think his experience might be as a captain I remember someone else saying that they didn't think he was particularly, you know, captain should be somebody that's going in there and, and, and what's the word, fighting for his, for his teammates kind of thing. Um, and I never saw much of that. Um, I would say that Yanaris was often the one that would go in and think, well, maybe he should have been captain. So I think in terms of, as a captain, I don't think he's going to be too missed. And as a centre-back, I don't know. Maybe experience-wise, but otherwise, no, I don't know. I think it's a good point, but I think it helps if your captain's playing, you know, and they, they chose chosen as captain and then wasn't a regular in the team. I think, you know, that, that gave us a problem that, that the guy that appointed as captain at the start of the season then wasn't deemed, you know, the best centre-half that we had or the best two yeah. centre-halves that we had, and we ended up with Nico and others taking that role yeah. on the pitch, and that, that's, that's a difficult situation. Sheffield United seem to quite like nicking players off of us that aren't quite part of the first-team set-up. Yeah, I mean, um, when O'Connell came back, he, he looked uh, looked a bit leaner to me, a bit fitter than <clears throat> how I remember him at Brentford. Um, and um, so they've been in before. Um, and probably Egan will be a reasonable signing for them. Um, I'm, not, I, I'm not dissing them, I, but, you know, I, I think we just play a slightly different style of football to them. I think, you know, I'm, they're not a bad side and... and you know they're not they're not a side I don't I you know I, I dismiss or anything like that but but the fact is we you know we we play it around a bit more at the back we expect our players to have a little bit more um, a little bit more on the ball and um, and and you know swapping in Konza I think's probably a good move um, I you know it's like at the beginning of every season when you do have new comings and um, sort of, sort of comings and goings. It's always a little bit of a struggle to get going, and, and and maybe the season will be the same, you know, because we're going to go into the season not knowing what our best centre back combination is again, aren't we? Yeah, as it's been for the last twenty years. <laughs> the last couple of rumours: um, 
more pay. More, more pay was, was linked with, with, with the move to jog my memory. Is it West Brom? Was it West Brom? I think it was, was, I think it? It was a West Brom rumour. Along with every other championship yeah. player that scored a goal last season. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously, like, well, pinch, pinch of salt and obviously Romain Sawyers. And uh, Chinese whispers? Um, well, I've heard Chinese whispers that uh, Nico might be going there to China um, for an offer that he can't refuse. But at the moment, it's just a rumour, so no one knows for sure. Banana Rama territory, yeah. So we're we we we'll we'll. Uh... <laughs> it's for Benny Rama, yeah. not Banana Rama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a cruel, cruel summer, Martin. It's a cruel summer. So yeah. So anyway, basically, Sky Sports have. They, they've, they've, they've contracted it that we, we until the 9th, 9th of August, we're all going to be on tenterhooks waiting to see if players go um, and whether anyone will come in. We shall see. So, yeah, we, we'll talk about this more next week. Um, after the twang, we are going to talk about the fixtures. Um, we, something we do know about. We've got the fixture list is out. We know what we, what's coming up in store for us in the first three or four weeks of the season. So we, we'll run through that. So the fixture list, it's the thing that we always are waiting for. The minute the whistle's blown on the end of the season, we're waiting for the fixture list to come out. We wait for the playoff games to be played, so we know who's going up and who's coming down. Um, someone in West London seems to have gone up in the playoffs this, this, this summer. I can't remember who that was, but, um, you know, whatever. So the season starts... In very League Three fashion, um, we have Rotherham at home again. Um, you know, fair play to them; they got promoted after getting relegated the season before last, so they're they're back. And, and we we start with a home fixture. I guess that's probably all we really want at this stage of the season is to start on on our home patch. Then we've got a tricky one: Stoke away, um, relegated from the Premiership last season. Um, Southend away, then in the League Cup, I'll call it the League Cup. Sheffield Wednesday at home on a Sunday on the 19th of August. Then Villa, whether it's Thierry Henry or Steve Bruce, we shall see, um, on the 22nd of August. That's, that's a, a, it's not a bad start to the season. It's, it's, it, there's, some, there's some games there that you look at and you think, we should do OK in. And there's some games there you think, they're going to be a right good test for us. Mm-hmm. Sarah. When that fixture list came out, what was the first game you were looking for? And also, what do you think of Rotherham at home first game? Rotherham at home first game, I'm worried. Because Rotherham's always a bit of a banana skin. Always the potential for a banana skin there. Um, Someone else put it more eloquently on Twitter today. Rotherham at home is going to be 75% possession. They're going to have 25% possession, one shot on target and beat us 1-0. And that was my worry, and I'm a bit like that. I'm a bit. I'm. I'm. I'm, te- I'm very superstitious. I won't make predictions, so I can't. Um, but I read that and I thought, oh my god, yeah. He's, I, I just hope, obviously, it doesn't happen. But the one I, I'd say, I'd say the one I'm looking for, would be any of the rele- relegated teams. So yeah, Stoke away. Kind of looking forward to that. I don't know if I can go yet though. But up, apart from that, I'd quite fancy the Swansea game whenever that's going to be. And but and. West Brom. So, yeah, those are the ones I've always looked for is the relegated teams. So, Matt, you know, Sarah's pretty much spot on there. You know, we are going to attack, attack, attack Rotherham and they're going to park the bus. Is, is that is, is, is that, uh, is that a stereotype? 
Um, it, is, it, it, it is, but it will probably come to play. Um, I didn't see Rotherham play last year, so I've got no idea what type of football they play. Um, but I think it'd be a. Well, I think it would be hard push to suggest they're going to have more, um, you know, more. More on the ball than we will, so um, I'm sure the possession statistics aren't going to be any, you know, maybe not 75, 25. But they're going to be something in in the, in the region probably. Um, is it a banana skin to play a team that got promoted? Probably is a little bit. I I seem to remember you get quite excited about your first game um, when you've been promoted into a new league, and um, that probably you know breathes through the players as much as the fans. Fans get a day out. Um, in London, the, the London-based supporters get to go, so you know they're, they're probably quite looking forward to that fixture. I know we're not a, a big fixture, but it's probably quite a nice fixture for them. Um, so you know, I it's have we won? A, and I've just been trying to work this out. Have we won um, our first season of, the, of our first fixture of the season since we've been in the Championship? I'm thinking not. No. I think we drew. Um, Charlton at home. Charlton at home we drew. Drew the following season at Switch. And then we lost at Sheffield last year. And we lost to Huddersfield. Huddersfield Away, yeah. Away, I think it's only been once, actually. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, But yeah, so actually, would you ever win? So let's forget all that. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm more upbeat than that. I'd I'd say that, you know, of of all the games that you would want to play on on day one, Rotherham at home is probably the one you want. And, you know, we're we're not going to get into disrespecting them that. But. You know, Rotherham are going to be bottom half this season, and we should we should beat them. And I think I think I think we will. Dutch. Yeah, I, I can't see us going nine games without a win or whatever it was at the, at the start of last season. So you know, we've we've set the bar pretty low, haven't we? Um, yeah, I, I like Rotherham as, as, a, as a club. I like what they've done. I, I think it's a, a great achievement for them to come back up. It's a good away day. Um, it's a good trip, and I think where we play them at their ground first game, it might be a bit tricky, but. At home, and again with with no disrespect at all, you'd probably handpick it if you're looking for a game to get off to a good start, wouldn't you? And and it'll be a good test of yeah how we go. And the first games of the season are cagey, and no one wants to lose. And you know they always, but I I would be happy with that. I think Stoke away will be a tough one. Um, I don't give a shit about the South End game if I'm being perfectly honest with you. And um, yeah, and then the real games start, don't you? And you can just see from those fixtures. Then you get Sheffield, and then you get Villa. It's big teams again, guys. We're, yeah, we're, I mean, we're playing with the big boys, and we're one of them. And they'll be scared of playing us. They'll be worried about playing us. And you know, let, let's do exactly what we've done in previous years, but just a little bit better, maybe. Mate, it, it really is becoming Premiership like You know, this 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 league that I'm looking at, apart from probably three or four teams, all of them have have, have been been right up there. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah oh, absolutely, I know, absolutely, us included. You know, that they've all been at the top table for at least at least one or two seasons. In many cases, half a century. So you know, it's, it, it, we are we are really, you know, at a level now where the, the standard of play, the standard of club, the standard of quality of player is just. Um, it's, it, well, it's, it's unprecedented, yeah, you know. Yeah. This, this, this is. There's teams in this division this year, I would say, that would have won the Premiership 15 years ago. When Le- the year that Leeds won it. Yeah, absolutely, the, and, and, and Leicester probably. <laughs> so uh, you know, no, we, we, it's, there is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cracking league, and I'm just I'm just so delighted that we're we're still in it. Um, what I will say is, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at this first sort of five fixtures here. 
And you're right, Dutch. You know, I think I think the, the most important thing is we, we don't get off to a horrendous start, which we did last year. And that was that was Achilles' heel in the end. We know we we talked about it several times. You know, if it hadn't have been for those that first sequence of results where we had, we didn't win, we would have been in the playoffs. And then you know, who knows what would have happened um, this year. I know. I I I'll, I'll go. I'll stick my neck out. I'll say we will beat Rotherham, Stoke. If we can get a point out of Stoke, then I'll be delighted. Agree with you, Dutch. Who gives a fuck about South End? Um, Sheffield Wednesday at home. We we we've got to be looking to win that game. Um, and then Villa. We've got a pretty good record against Villa. And I don't care who's in charge, whether it's Thierry Henry or 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 whoever. You know, we there's no we've got nothing to fear against um, Aston Villa Football Club. Um, so I, I don't. I'm not looking at that as if it's. it's I don't, I'm not looking at that as if it's five wins, but I'm not, I'm not sort of scared of that. Mm. Sarah, Stoke, they have been tipped. They are the favourites to win this division this year. Yeah. If we lose that game, is, it's, it's not the end of the world, surely? No, it's not the end of the world. But obviously, like all of us, I hope we win. Not least because the last time we played Stoke that I can remember was the uh, playoff, playoff final, game, wasn't yeah. it? And... Um, I remember getting chased out of that central street in Cardiff. My brother and I were walking along in our Brentford gear, saw all these red and white scarves and shirts and thought, oh, brilliant, more Brentford fans, completely forgetting it. Of course, they play in red and white. And uh, just these guys just went for us and they just ran. And I want revenge on that. Not after the game? No, it was, during, it was before before the match. They just sort of chased us because we, st- we, were going, we wanted to go into some pub and these Stoke fans just kind of... Realised we were Brentford fans and chased us. Um, they, maybe they were just playing like had or, or yeah, it maybe, something. Maybe, yeah, maybe they were. <laughs> I want revenge anyway. But yeah, we, we, it, we, it was a it was a it was a horrendous day was, for all, for all, all, all concerned. But then, but but th- there's the measure. So like they have been in the top flight mm. pretty much ever since that game. Yeah, you know. All that parachute payment, all that um, crude wealth, mm. for them to find themselves in the second tier is, is, a, is, a, is a big kick in the nuts for Stoke City. Um, they, it, West Brom, do you see them being a big threat or do you think that their bubble's burst? No, they've got some good players, haven't they? I think like most of these teams, it depends how, you, how they start off and if they, if they come down with the right attitude, um, then they'll, they'll be a... You know, a difficult team to beat, won't they? They've got some decent players and they've got some money behind them. And the start's massive for these teams, isn't it? You know, come down with the right attitude. Play teams like Brentford with the right attitude. You know, we love it when they come down and look at hashtag teams like Brentford and you know expect to beat us every time. And long may that continue. But the ones that get it right, you know, the ones who have the right attitude and the ones that get the players to gel quickly. You know, a la Wolves last year. You know, ten to one to win that league. Wolves look like one of the bets of a century at the end of the season, doesn't it? When you look at the quality of their players and. Yeah, you've got to get it right, and it doesn't always work, and there'll be some that get it right and some that don't. But I think those teams that have come down will probably do quite well this year. Wolves, Cardiff, Fulham went up. Um, Swansea, West Brom and Stoke have come down. Are we sitting in a stronger or a weaker championship this season, Mr Allard? Uh, At the moment, it feels like a stronger one. because we've, we don't really know what to expect from the three teams that came down. But do you feel that every season, it certainly, I don't think last season it was, when you look at Sunderland, for example, 
Um, so I think it's difficult to say, to be honest, is, is the answer to your question. Um, yeah, it, could, it, 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 it might be stronger, um, but... You know, but it might be weaker. But it could be weaker. Um, so I'm not really... <laughs> so, so I'm so on the fence, completely. Just let me watch some football, and then I'll yeah. tell you when we get to Christmas, yeah? Oh, that was a real liberal <laughs> Nick answer. Mate, um, we, we're, we're... No, but there you go. Um, we, we, we're warming up. We're warming up. I'll give you this. I don't think any of them will do a Wolves um, this season. I'll give you that. But I don't th- I'm not convinced any of them are going to do a Sunderland either. So I'm still on the fence. But I tried to give you a little bit more there. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Much, much appreciated. Um, so yeah, we uh, let's no, let's do this. No, let's actually do this, right? Where are Brentford going to finish in this? In this? In no, we 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 there's a there's a there's, we are writing articles for the moment for the for the website. Um, it's going to be fifteen or twenty, maybe more fans that are going to give a bit more detail on their answers. But I think we ought to just go around the table and say where are Brentford going to finish at the end of. The season, Sarah. I can't, as I said, with my superstition, all I'm going to say is top half again. I can't, I just can't bring Boo myself. you. I know, I'm sorry, I just can't do it because I'm too, it's a West Indian thing. I just, I'm really superstitious about stuff like that. It's what my mum would call goat malt and I can't put goat malt on the team. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give a position. I'm just going to say top half. So we're not going down? No, I'm not going down. The Allard? Seventh, obviously. Just outside the playoffs? Oh, I say that every year. Seventh. <laughs> Seventh. Dutchman? I, I really don't know. I, without sitting on the fence, I'll, I'll come up with a number at the end of my ramble. But yeah, it really just depends who we keep, doesn't it? And we're talking about players that sound great on paper that I haven't actually seen. You know, I, I know nothing about these people that we've signed, other than what I've read and what, you know, what I've seen on YouTube. But you know, I, I think I got it pretty much right last year. Um, I like to think we'll have a better team if we hold on to those players. So the usual caveats around potential departures. But if we keep the team and we get somebody get some goals, let's go bullish and go third. O M G third. Well, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dish you for that, mate. I'm, I'm gonna tip my cap to you. But I would. Well, no, not Matrilby. That's Billy's, Billy's territory. Matrilby's Tr- copyright now. Um, I was going. I'm. I'm I was be, okay. Let's be honest with you. Obviously, third would just be stunning. Um, if, if we if we can get in the promotions shake off, um, shake up, it would be just beyond belief. I'm just to be honest, with you, happy with just top ten again. Um, and that might sound slightly defeatist, but I, I actually think that this division is stronger. Um, Again this year, the play, you know, the teams that have come down, the players that are within those teams, you know, this it's it is really really tough. Um, if we can if we can make a fifth consecutive top ten finish, I think that's stunning. There's no reason to suggest why we can't make a push for the playoffs. We need a better start to the season. We need to be more consistent throughout. We need to be stronger at the back. We need to take more chances. We need to create as many chances. Um, there's a few things that need to go our way, and, I, and, and actually, sometimes I you know, over the last couple of years, things haven't gone our way. I don't think. I think we've been playing with the right spirit. I think we've been playing with the right intensity. I think we've been playing with the right devil may care attitude. But we've shot ourselves in the foot once or twice, where you know, ultimately, you you can't do that week in week out. We haven't been consistent enough. 
I guess I'll caveat that with the kind of positive post-World Cup England bit. You know, you've got an England team there that probably weren't as good as their predecessors in, in a couple of tournaments and, you know, had a bit more luck. A little few a few things went our way this time. And, well, yeah, well, why can't we do that? I think if, if we play the way that we play, you know, let's go into a positive attitude. I, I don't see the point of going in there saying let's finish seventh or eighth or ninth. I'll be happy with a top ten finish. But if you're asking how high we can get, you know, let, let's aim higher, really. And Dutch, are you, um, are you saying Brentford's coming home? Yeah, um, we need a different song on that. But yeah, I, I, I think I think we could have a good season this year. And let's not forget, it's our last full season at Griffin Park, probably. Talking of predictions, the uh, the, the maestro, the prediction monster, Ian Holloway, um, spoke to Billy Grant at the uh, at the launch of uh, Quest TV's uh, championship package uh, launch a couple of days ago. Um, Billy asked him a few questions. One of which was, well, he had to ask the question: Why did Ian Holloway get that prediction so wrong? Where he, pre- he, he, he tipped Brentford and uh, Huddersfield to get relegated, and uh, Huddersfield got promoted to the Championship, and Brentford not only not only didn't get relegated, they finished in the top ten. So new season approaches, and I've got the man. Who knows it all? Ian Holloway. Uh, How you doing, Ian? I'm all right. I wish I knew it all, yeah. <laughs> I'm relying on you because, I mean, I've got, I haven't got the answers, but I know that you've got, and you've got, you've got all the answers. Just coming back to it, I mean, you had a couple of years at, at Loftus Road, which we may come back to in a little bit, but before that, I know when you did your punditry before, and, and I, cannot, I cannot talk to you, Ian, without actually talking about this. You made a couple of predictions. You predicted Huddersfield to get relegated and Brentford to get relegated one season. I was just going to ask you, because we're, you know, man-to-man here now, as they say, how did you get that so horribly wrong? Yeah, well, the thing is, when you keep selling your best players, which both of you were doing, from an outsider, that's not a good thing. So as an outsider with experience, I wanted to say to your people, oi, don't keep doing that. Brentford, when, when they, I felt they had a really good manager, their owner said, no, no, you, you, you're going. It almost ruined the end of your season. So what I was trying to say for you lot was, hang on a minute, stop doing that. But I can't say that now. Wagner, right, brought three or four people from the country he was working in, got three or four people out, changed the dynamic, changed how they thought, worked with the crowd to get them on his side, done miracles, and miracles can be done. I managed to do one at Blackpool where everybody said we were going to get relegated. So what what I wanted to say at Brentford was the fact that if you keep doing that, you're not going to give your manager much chance, but they prove you wrong. Right? And what they've got is a fantastic scouting network. They've got an excellent, excellent manager who plays a wonderful way, and you've got an identity. So well done to you. you know? So all of the QPR stuff out the window, why I did that was... I don't bet, I don't ever go and predict what's going to happen. Someone asked me to, right? And I was going on feeling of what's not a good thing to do, is keep selling your best players all the time. I had that done to me at Bristol Rovers. And that wasn't good. I lost all my strikers all in one fell swoop. But if you've got a production line coming and they know the way they play and you keep doing the same thing, what I'm glad for you is you didn't lose your manager this summer. 
because he's done a fantastic job. Brentford has come through a lot of ridicule for using statistics as just one way of identifying players, find obscure players out there that no one else has heard of. And obviously, I mean, you've been around for a while, but you're from a, you know from the traditional football background. I mean, there was a lot of you know bad feeling towards Brentford because they were using this approach, wasn't there? Well, call it bad feeling, call it whatever. It might even be a bit of jealousy, might it? If they keep getting someone who wins all the time, and then you know your little ginger midfield player, I think is absolutely fantastic. Woods, Ryan Woods, yeah, absolutely magnificent footballer, you know. But the thing is, it, you only need one season, like they used to have it crew, where you before you sell that star, you keep him that little bit. He might get you there, and if you got there, then things could really change because you'd have that money there. Right, so whatever you've done so far has been without money. Money helps sometimes if you spend it wisely, you know, because the markets you look in, the way you do things, if you up that, like Watford do, Watford's owners do the same thing. They've got a scouting network, they do the, the they crunch the figures, look where they are, and look how many players they've got. So you're, you're on the right way, you're in the right model, but you know, all I'm saying to you is very, very difficult. When you've got a small pool of players, you've got to have them ready and, and the window slams shut to be able to do that for you lot, which is what do you want really? Do you want to see your best players go or do you want to get promoted? End of. And it's interesting you say that because, again, as a manager, you talked about how they used to do this all the time with you at Bristol Rovers. I mean, this season, um, we've obviously sold a couple of players, John Egan and Joseph Soon, who we believe as fans and also obviously the directors of football think that he's replace- they're replaceable. But then on the flip side, we've got um, Chris Meppham, and uh, Ollie Watkins, who the club has said are not for sale. 100% they're not for sale. So we've had bids of over £10 million for Mepham already, which has been rejected. And Ollie Watkins people are coming in for him now. Um, do you think at the moment now Brentford are sticking as opposed to twisting? This is the moment. Yeah, well, you hope so. It's also how those lads are going to feel and how their agents are going to be if they come knocking on Dino's door and said, what about I want him I want him to go? So that's what you've also got to deal with because... There's vultures out there. They'll swing around and they'll start biting what you, you've got. They'll want it, you know, and, and that's the balance of it, you know. If you've got enough of them replacements coming and going, then, but you've got to also keep those lads happy. Anybody is happy if they feel they're moving forward. So you've put pressure on yourselves by finishing in the top ten the last three or four years in a row. So can you take that next step, right? And I guarantee you, if you keep selling your best players all the time, that might not happen. Right, so well done. That's what you're saying. Hopefully, Dino will now work with the ones he's replaced. Right, and as long as that's the manager's choice and nobody else's, then you are in a really good position. So well done, well done to you. So your scouting network has been way ahead of the game for the last few years, right? So that's credit to who? Is it just the manager or is it just the way the clubs run? Deep down, their job is to keep things moving to balance the books but you also need that slight difference that gets you that next how are you going to get that that's what you got to ask yourself so there you go my lovelies that's Ian Holloway talking what, what did you make of that Allard well he, he sort of he sort of pretends that he kind of gets it because because he says that you know the reason why he said Brentford were going to get relegated was because we kept selling our players. But what he hadn't actually thought of accounting for was that actually we were getting players in to replace them. 
Um, and he does admit he hadn't really considered that. Um, so, you know, but, uh, you know, puts his hands up to it. Um, but then he says that, you know, um, I still don't think he gets the whole sort of, the, you know, the, the, the Dean Smith thing. You know, he says, oh, the best thing, you know, for, you know, is that, is that Brentford haven't... I was really worried that if they get rid of Dean Smith. And he almost... He didn't say they'll get relegated, but he almost said it. And, and it's almost a bit like, I don't think he gets that bit either, that... that Firstly, he calls him a manager, and we all know that Dean Smith is a, is a, he's a coach. Yeah, well, he's a head coach, but he's a coach, effectively. And I still don't think he kind of gets the way the club works, because if he did, he'd know that if Dean Smith does leave, we'll bring in a coach who will play football exactly the same way, with exactly the same players, and we'll carry on. And I, and I, and so, and, so there's a little bit of... And, it, and, and, way gets him and, it, won't, and it won't be him. And it, and it won't be him, no. So, you know, fair, fair play to him yeah, to having a, yeah. having a chat with Bill. Yeah. I, and I think the other thing about Holloway is, is that he is, uh, he, you know, he, what he does do is he knows how to galvanise his own supporters when he's at a club. And, um, and, and, and that's what he's really good at, isn't he? Is that, is that as, as much as he's a character, character and, he'll, and he'll alienate probably most of the supporters of, of the club he's not managing at the time. Um, and that's just the way Holloway does it. And, um, you know, um, and... Do you know what? I even feel a little bit sorry for him for the way he's been treated at QPR. We are edging towards late, late pre-season. It's the last game before the, the football season actually starts. This Saturday, home to Watford. Um, still, I still can't say the word Watford without following it with the word wankers. But um, that's, that's just me. You know, um, they were our big rivals back in the late seventies, uh, and I, I'm just not ever going to forgive them. So I say Watford, you say wankers. There you go. I say Watford, you say wankers. There you go. I so regret not holding on to my Watford wankers silk scarf. That was one of my prized possessions. They, they did, they did sell outside the, the Royal Oak, like the big, the big stand that, that is no longer, unfortunately. They, they, there was a, there was a guy selling Watford wankers scarves, yeah. silk scarves. Also, I, I bought at the time, and I wish I still had it. Was a, a Brentford FC, but in the, the Lonsdale styly, and there was just just a bloke selling them out of yeah. a, a bag. And you know, that's that's maybe, maybe actually, maybe some repros. Yeah. yeah, I'm up for a bit of a Lonsdale Brentford action. No, yeah, I see if I can find the typeface on on Google when I get back. But Watford. Wankers um, are p- playing at Griffin Park on Saturday, and we are we going? Well, we're going to go. We're going to go to Brentford, whether we go to the game or not. Yeah. I, I, this is the thing that I'm finding now that as, as 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 we move into this established Championship territory, we realise that it is Saturday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Saturday, Saturday, and it's it's relentless. So, you know, we go to not all games. We go to most games, and it and it is. It's, it's a it's a big commitment, so the the rest period is is in, is important, and I'm 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 really delighted to be turning back on to Brentford and and you know the season. It's going to be a brilliant season. I think it will be. I might choose to stay in the beer garden on Saturday and not go to the game, to, if I'm honest with you. But there's a good chance I will venture into Griffin Park, our last full season at our beautiful stadium. So our last, our last pre-season friendly at our beautiful stadium. No, 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 no. We will have pre-season next year as well. Yeah, no, no. Nice, nice. You had me worried there, mate. But um, yeah, our last pre-season friendly as a Championship side at Griffin Park. 
Are you saying we're going to be a Premiership side, or you can say we're League One? I said we'd come third. I haven't changed my mind that quickly in an hour. <laughs> but that doesn't guarantee anything, does it? Oh, you're confusing me now. <laughs> right, so let's go back. This Saturday, Watford at home. We will do a prediction. It's a, it's a game that, you know, it matters little. The, uh, the Rotherham game the following Saturday is, you know, it's, it's like the serious business. Sarah, Watford at home. Tell me, what's going to happen? Well, Andre Gray is going to come back and he's going to try and show us what we're missing. But he hasn't exactly lit up Watford, has he? So I would say we're going to be two-all draw. So do we get another payment from Andre Gray for, for coming back to Brentford? Was this in the contract for, for, for his... Not be funny. Hold on, I've got to say this. Wasn't there some sort of arrest in Las Vegas? Is, is it, I, I've got a feeling that he won't be... I don't think he's going to play. I've got a feeling that he might be incarcerated somewhere. Richarlison won't be playing either. So, yeah, no, we'll, we'll find out. I, I, did, I haven't checked the Andre Gray um, trial yet. Um, Dutchman, what's happening Saturday? Yeah, he might have a tag on his socks in the way that Leeds used to have in the 70s, really. But uh, <laughs> There's one for the teenagers. Um, Saturday, I will be in the vicinity, uh, in the beer garden at uh, some point before kick-off. And like yourself, I'll make a call on it um, and see how we get to. Um, I don't really do pre-season friendlies, other than it's good to catch up with everyone and talk nonsense again. Um, as, uh, which, 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 bit, a bit like tonight, really. A bit like tonight. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always good. To, you've got to get the games. You've got to get the, you know, the the players out playing. It's good to see some of the new ones. Be good to see the new kit <laughs> or not, depending on your point of view. Um, but yeah, just to get back into the swing of it, really, isn't it? And a, and a practice for the the big game the following Saturday, as you say. Yeah, the Allard. What's your thoughts? Um, probably close to forty-four players will play forty-five minutes each. Did I get the maths right there? Um, uh, you know, actually, no. Maybe we'll be a bit more serious than that. To be fair, as it's the last—I think it's the last one before the season starts. Um, um, will I go? I'm a probably uh, lukewarm like yourselves. Um, it's all coming a bit too early for me. A bit premature from the Allard there. Coming too early. I'm—I'm—I'll um, I'll see how it goes. You know, obviously, you know, Griffin Park under, under the sunshine is is a, is a, is a marvelous place to be. And you know, of course, I'll, of course, I'm going to go into the game, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some of my mates I've not seen for a few weeks. Um, I saw I saw a few of them during the World Cup back at the, back at the Nelson. So, you know, it's 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 it's, it's always good. It's, it's 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 never a bad thing to be in and around Brentford Football Club on a on a match day. So we'll see what happens. It'll be a fairly strong Brentford team. It won't be full strength. They they probably know how they're going to line up against Rotherham. Um, it's not going to be. It, it isn't. A, it, you know, it's not a dress rehearsal for the following week anymore. It's, it, they, I think. I think they know now. The, 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 the two friend, probably the two friendlies against Arsenal and, and Tottenham, probably are more. Um, they probably give more away about how we're going to play than the ones that we've actually played in front of the public. I think. I think it's all become quite scientific. Is that I suspect they work out how many minutes each player needs before the season starts, and and and, and in a way, although. Um, well, obviously, players will play in their correct positions. It's probably based on their fitness levels as to exactly who'll get a run out on yeah. uh, on Saturday and how long they'll play for. And I, and, and I apologise to those that are really looking forward to it for a, you know. But I, I think that's probably the way that it's viewed nowadays. Is it's about getting players fit for the following Saturday. 
And it'd be interesting to see what, you know, Odebaggio, whether he plays any part in that. And, you know, it's, it's quite a big, big week in his career and, and Brentford's relationship with him. You know, if, if I've I got a feeling he, he might... I've got a feeling he might sign. You know, there are indications. I'm not sure we would give him that many minutes ahead of someone who was our player if if we weren't trying to sign him. You know, and of course we would want to because he's you know he's, he's a quality player. So let's let's see what's happening there. Um, let's wrap this up. You know, we're a bit rusty after a few weeks off. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. I know a few of you have been saying, you know, you you know you you, you can't wait to get back into the season in the podcast. And for anyone that hasn't enjoyed it, this was just a pre-season friendly for us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just minutes. It's just it's just minutes in front of beers, 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 beers under the belt. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we'll 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 be back next week for the the proper pre-season podcast. Thank you for the hospitality of the Prince Belusha in Twickenham on Twickenham Green as always top notch really good beer some great nibbles um, thank you to Matt the Allard Allard thank you to Sarah Lothenthal thank you to the Martin the Dutchman Dutchman I'm Dave Lane um, we, as I said we'll be back next week we're going to be back during the whole of the season we're going to be doing Love Sport on a Monday night now not a Thursday night oh, yeah it's Monday's not a Thursday so um, yeah so Let's get the clapping going. And as we say, come on, you bees! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.